for the faithful givings and tithes and offerings of the members of this house. And Lord, I thank you that we are all generous givers unto your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you that you bless what they give. Press down, shaking together, and running over. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, if you would stand to your feet, bring your tithe and offerings on down. Today, we get something very special. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me. Uh, so, Pastor Kylan helped raise me in this church, and we get him back from Urbana today. We get to hear him. How exciting is that? So, this is Pastor Kylan Boozer, the pastor at our Urbana campus. Yeah, I know I, I made this huge, long traveling trip to be with you today. So, no, well, greetings from Only Believe at Urbana, and, uh, you know, good things are happening, exciting things are happening, and, and my, my wife, Margaret, she's over there holding down the fort today, so um, I'm expecting here in about 20 or 25 minutes uh, a text message on how things went. A young, a young man named Judah is filling in for me today, so Jesus helped Judah right now. And uh, I believe good things are happening. But we're excited about things that are happening, good things. That we actually have a, a really cool announcement uh, that hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll get to share with you. I won't let you in on it till then, but it's going to be fun. So, but I'm excited to be with you today. How many of y'all are happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I hope you are. And uh, I hope I don't seem too much like a stranger. It hasn't been that long, right? Pretty recent, but... Anyways, I hope you're always excited to come to church. By the way, I hope you're always excited not only to come to church, but to bring somebody to church, right? I hope you're on a dream team. If you're not, get on one. I hope you're involved in a small group. If you're not, get involved with them. Home groups tonight, great opportunity. Find a home group tonight. It'll be a great time. I think, I think a lot of the home groups got turkey tonight. Am I correct, home group leaders? Is that right? Yeah, turkey's happening already, so jump in on a home group tonight. But anyways... I've been tasked with um, uh, part two of the series called The Blessings. So uh, when I was asked to fill in today, by the way, there's going to be a video with Pastor at the very end of service today. So if, if I'm closing up and I forget, somebody shout at me, okay? We've got to get the video in today so you can explain where he's at today. Uh, but they asked me to fill in, and, and for the first time in the history of ever, whenever I've shared in the pulpit, I've done multiple, multiple times over the years, Pastor, just always, it's just whatever you feel. But today I was actually given the subject. It's the first time ever. And that's because we're in a series and we don't want to jump out of the series 
the series entitled The Blessing. But before, before I get into that, I just want to share with you just for a moment. And we certainly don't want to ignore what's happening in our, in our country, correct? So, in light of what is happening in our nation this week, and, and I'm sure everybody's well aware, the election, everything that's going on, I want, I want to bring a moment of assurance to you. I prayed about this. It's just going to take maybe a minute here, but let me bring some assurance to you. So whatever your take is on what's happening, and there can be multiple takes on what's going on, let me just say this. We as the church live in the sovereignty of God. The scriptures are true. And because the scriptures are true, we know that Jesus Christ is coming again and will make all things new. And that, that is our great hope. We've come together today to worship the creator God. We were just doing that. And we've come together today to be equipped together because we are his church. As we are his church, we stay on the mission of the church as it has been for 2,000 years. The mission of the church cuts through history. Does it not? Therefore, because we stay on the mission of the church, we will love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we will love our neighbor as ourselves. We will take the gospel to our communities and we will be the light of the world because Jesus is the good news. Amen. As the parables in Matthew 25 bring down the three parables that we find there, we will live today as if Jesus is returning today. But while he tarries, whatever he has put in our hands, we will be diligent with it. And while we're doing that, we will care for the least of these. That's the mission of the church. We will pray for our nation and we will pray for our leaders. But above all, we will pray and seek that his kingdom comes, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we do these things because we live within his sovereignty. So no matter what, have assurance today. Turn to your neighbor and say, have assurance. Amen. Because God is sovereign. Therefore, then, the church will always, no matter, always stay on mission. And the mission is centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's all I have to say about that. So. But since we're the church, we're here to be equipped to get your Bible out. We're going to spend some time in the Word. So I'm going, to, I'm going to jump on the subject that I've been given today. And the blessing, the blessed life part two, we're going to talk about the blessed test today. God is a good God. Yes. And God is our Father. Now, because God is a good God and God is our Father, that means God will always be our provider. Is He not? How many of you can count the provision and the blessings of God in your life? Oh, man, multiple. I think we could sit around and tell lots of stories and spend the rest of the day here about how God has blessed us and has been our provider. So the blessed life is a life that we live because God is a good God and God is our provider. Amen. Um, but let me just let me throw a little, uh, I don't know, something out to you just, just 
kind of set things up here. When we were just worshiping together in song, by the way, your whole life is worship, is it not? How you live, but we come together and we worship together in song. Song is powerful, it's unifying, it's, bring, it's coming together, singing the same things together in worship of our Savior. What were we worshiping? Well, it wasn't a what, it was a who. Right? We don't worship the blessings of God. We worship God. So, so in other words, don't ever get mixed up the difference between the gift and the giver of the gift. Sometimes we can get so focused on, on the gift, we end up leaving the giver out of, of the equation. Man, what is the greatest gift you can receive in your life? Salvation. What is the point of salvation? Right relationship with God. So the greatest gift you can get is about the giver of the gift, right? That sets up everything else that comes from God. So God is a good God. God is our Father. So everything that comes from Him is subservient to our relationship with Him. So whenever the gift and the giver gets mixed up, idolatry creeps into the church. And we must be careful. Of the 12 times that Jesus directly addressed money in the Gospels, 11 of them were warnings. Right? So, let's keep that straight. But when things are straight, then the giver and the gift have the proper place and there's reasons for it. Right? So, so the blessings of God are multiple. Am I right? I mean, they're, they're just so diverse. But just understand then, Whenever you talk about blessings, eventually you have to talk about money, right? Let me, let me pull something out of my pocket. I got some money here because I'm married with one kid in college and one about to go there. All I have in my pocket is a dollar bill, okay? Um, this is all I have today. I, literally, I, I got my wallet, pulled it out, and this is all I had, literally, one dollar. I wish it was more, but Lord help me. You know, this right here, this is powerful. People do a lot of things to get their hands on this. Am I right? This drives the world in a big way. It has a lot of influence. The Bible says that money can be the root of all kinds of evil. Am I right? So when we talk about the blessings of God, eventually, because they're multiple and diverse, it's much bigger than this, but eventually you do talk about this. So we have to address money. Because when this gets out of whack in your life, so do all sorts of stuff. Right? Um, see, money should never be here. Money should always be here, right? Because if money is here, it will dictate so much and it will become the root of evil in your life. Sometimes the blessings of God, when they get out of place, they, they turn opposite from what God intends and what God desires. So sometimes with the blessing comes a test. Am I right? So what we do with the blessings of God means everything. You know, what you do with your money says a lot about you. 
It is one of the revelations of, of what's seated in your heart. How you spend your money, what, what you do with it, uh, how you give or what you don't give. I mean, it says a lot about you. So the question is, will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? See, if you trust the wrong things, it turns into idolatry. Will you love and trust money? Or will you love and trust God? So the blessing comes with the test. So let's look at, look at Luke chapter number 16. If we can throw it up on the screen and we'll go to verse number 10. Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 10. Okay, here we go. He, that's, that's everybody here, so point to your never and say, he is you. If that's not confusing. He is you. Okay. He that is faithful, in which is least is faithful also in much. So, I had a dollar in my pocket. You can, you can break this down in some coinage, but of the, of the bills, this is the least in the American currency, correct? Unless I'm missing something, right? Am I going to be faithful in this least, or am I not? Here comes the test. The test of the blessed life is the faithfulness of what you do with what God has given you. Amen. Okay, how many of y'all desire to be blessed? Well, yeah, sure. Hey, I mean, some people uh, talk about uh, the, the issue of prosperity within, within the church and all these different things. Here's what I know. I have prayed many times over my own family and many times for other people that God would help people financially. How many ever prayed that for yourself or somebody else? You believe that God will bless people. You believe that God will provide people. Increase the wage, better jobs, income coming in. That's just a, however you think about it. So we believe in God's blessing. When blessing comes and comes with a test, is, are you going to be faithful in what comes into your life? So, faithful in which is least, you'll become faithful in much, Right? And he that is unjust in least, in other words, you're not faithful in least, you will become unjust also in much, verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that's this, who will commit to your trust true riches? That's a blessed test. So when blessing and increase comes to your life in the form of unrighteous mammon, are you going to be faithful with it? Because if you can learn to be faithful in little, then you can be trusted and faithful in much. But if you can't be trusted in unrighteous mammon, how can you be trusted with true riches? What you do with your money says a lot about you. Amen. So, question. Uh, by the way, you know the, the parable in Matthew 25, I referenced it um, during the opening there, the, the middle parable, you got the parable of the ten virgins, be ready. Then it closes out with the parable of the, of the sheep and the goats, care for the least of these. And right in the middle is the parable of the talents. Remember the man gives five talents, two talents, one talent, right? And what each one did with the talent meant something. That, that you've been entrusted with something. And, and what you've been entrusted with is multiple 
in your life. But part of what you've been entrusted with is the things that God blesses you with. So what are you doing with what God has entrusted you with? That says a lot about you. So are we being faithful to the scripture? Okay, so how many of y'all believe Jesus is Lord of your life? Okay, okay. Yeah, I hope everybody, if not, will give you an opportunity in the service. Jesus reorients your entire life. Why? Because he's Lord of your life. A Lord means he dictates the whole thing. Now, we don't like to talk about that because, wait, there's a requirement, there's things change. I thought it's all a free gift. Yes, free gift, but then the life that lives in response to the free gift. There's a life to live. He doesn't leave you alone. He changes you. He leads you in paths of righteousness. There's, there's things that he brings to your life. He never leaves you alone, and that includes all the way down to your pocketbook. Right? He touches every area of your life, including the unrighteous mammon that you have. Correct? Therefore, Scripture dictates what we do. So, you're entrusted with something. So the Scriptures show us that we must do something with what comes into us, the increase of our life. But here's this. Money will often promise what only God can do. And it's deceit and it's lies. Right? Money can try to promise you security. It can try to promise you freedom. It can try to promise you power. It can even try to promise you significance, status, right? But that's just the way the world works, and the world systems fail. Only God can really bring you security, freedom, the power of the spirit, of what true power really is. Not, not to be the greatest, but be the least. We'll talk about that another time. Also brings significance to your identity in him. Only, only God knows those things, but, but money tries to seduce people to think, if I just have enough of this, then I can have all these different things, right? Well, let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse number 15. We can put that on the screen. This is in the midst of Jesus uh, addressing the issue of money. Luke 12, 15. And he said unto them, take heed. In other words, watch out. Beware of covetedness. Beware of becoming greedy. Why? For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. You can have it all but miss the whole thing. You, you can gain a whole, 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 whole lot of this and miss the entire thing. Life does not consist in how much you have of this. It promises security, it promises power, it promises significance, it promises freedom, and it's all promises it cannot bring to you. Therefore, it can't sit in this spot in your life. Because if you chase with all your life just to have this, you'll find out at the end of the day, I chased a whole lot of broken promises. Amen. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to jump around some different scriptures today. So, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, and verse 24. Let's look at that one. Here's Jesus again. 
talking about money. So, no man can serve two masters. For who end up hating one and, and loving the other, who end up holding on to one and despising the other, you, ye, you cannot serve both God and money. Can't have both. This will lead you astray from serving. If Jesus is Lord of your life, this cannot be. You realize in this life that things will constantly fight for your allegiance. There's always a struggle for the allegiance of your life. Ever since you declared Jesus is Lord, which you're basically saying my allegiance is to him and all other things are subservient, even to the point that I will take them out of my life if necessary, right? But there are things in life that constantly try to come up against that. Money is one of those things. The blessed life only truly works the way God intends it when money is in the proper place in your life. Amen. When it gets out of, out of whack, the blessed life as God intends it will not work and money will become something that should not be and you'll be struggling between serving two masters. Amen. And ultimately, Jesus says you cannot do that. You cannot serve both God and money. So, so there's the warning in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. If we'll go there, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse number 10. Book of Ecclesiastes, book of, of some wisdom. He says, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor that he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. In other words, greed never satisfied. That is why if you try to uh, live a life where you end up serving two masters, greed will always overtake because greed is never satisfied. You'll always be chasing it, always wanting to have more, always working to rearrange your life for this, always putting other things aside to have this, always giving up opportunities to give just so you can keep this. Greed is never satisfied. And you all the way through the scriptures, all the way through the New Testament, we find that greed is something to put off with the old man. Amen. It is a danger to your heart. Remember uh, in the wilderness when Jesus began to provide the daily bread, right? He told them, only gather what you can have for today, Right? He didn't let them store up for days, remember? As a matter of fact, if, if they tried to take more than they needed for the day, what they tried to keep rotted. Why? Teaching them dependence on him and teaching them accumulation has, a, has the possibility of rotting your soul. You become more dependent on what you have than you have on God. Now, I'm not against saving and, 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 and being smart in your finances, but remember the great prayer is give us this day our daily bread. Why? Dependency. We need to be dependent upon God, not try to find our security in this. This will rot your soul. So the blessed test is when blessing comes, increase comes, what do you do with this? So... The biggest answer, the first answer, and the first step of great stewardship is what? Tithing. So that's our subject today. I'll, I'll never forget um, when I was an intern, uh, uh, my first internship uh, to, to learn about youth ministry, my, my sophomore, after my sophomore year of college, interned at a church with, with a large youth group, and, and the youth pastor was like, okay, 
got an assignment for you. I was like, I'm ready. You, you know, young guy, ready to jump out of the gates. He says, okay, so we got, got Sunday school. And I'm already going, oh, Sunday school. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Sunday school. We got youth Sunday school, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And I already know this is a bad idea, right? 9 a.m. on a Sunday, getting the kids to come to church. He said, I need you to teach something for me. I was like, I want you to talk about tithing. I went, oh. My first message ever in front of people was talking about tithing. And it was the worst message ever. You know, it was just terrible. You, you put about 20 youth in a room at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, half are half not paying attention, and I'm trying to teach them about tithing. It was terrible. So I hope the experience is a little better today, all right? Talking about tithing. So we know in the scriptures that we know that, that Cain and Abel gave offerings and one was better than the other. It turned into this whole big mess and somebody got killed, right? Um, and we know later in the scriptures we, we see this precedent of, of people giving back to God because of his goodness, right? Then, then we come to the scriptures to Abraham and Melchizedek, remember? And, and, and from returning to regaining things in war, uh, Abraham runs into Melchizedek and he tithes of his gain, right? Now, Abraham is our forerunner in the faith, right? We are his seed. We've been grafted into the family. We live by faith. How many of y'all live by faith? It's one of our values here at the church. We live by faith. So our forerunner in the faith, Abraham, ties to Melchizedek, who is the forerunner and foreshadow of who? Jesus. And you can look that up in Hebrews chapter 7. The writer of Hebrews talks about that. I think you find the actual story in Genesis 12, somewhere in there. So you have the forerunner of us, Abraham, and the forerunner of Jesus, Melchizedek, the high priest and king of Salem, and Abraham ties to Melchizedek. Now we set up the life of faith. Precedent found in Scripture. That the life of faith involves the tithe. Amen. Amen. Then, then we see when the law is established, and we see certainly the law is established uh, of tithing, and, and we certainly learn from what the law teaches us in tithing. So here's the deal. We're going to go to Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. Let's go there. In the law, Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. There we go. And all the tithe of the land. Now, who does the land belong to? Huh? God. Right. Who, who made it? Who messed it up? But who does it belong to? Okay, so all the tithe of the land, whether it's seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it's the Lord that belongs to him. Who set the entire thing in motion? God. Do you realize, so at some point today, go outside and touch a tree. And this belongs to the Lord. Do you realize the miracle of that tree started in the beginning, and God created the heavens of the earth, and it's a perpetual miracle that still happens, and it never stopped. God made it, it belongs to him, and it still is his, and it's been his the whole time. So, you throw that back up there, please, EJ. So, it is the Lord's, and it is holy unto the Lord. So, the tithe that comes in, because it belongs to him anyways, it's a response to him, it's holy to him. So, here's the thing. 
In my tithe, I will give my first and my best, my first and my best, so God can bless the rest. Right? Your tithe is the first, and it's your best, and if you give your first and your best, you prove yourself faithful and little so he can bless the rest. So what are we going to do? If I'm faithful, so, so if, if, this was the, if this was the increase in my life, so if I took the trash out and my wife gave me an allowance, I got a buck. Amen. Thank you. Increase came to my life. Either that or I already got hit. I'm kidding. So um, she gave me a dollar. What's my tithe? Ten cents. Ten cents of a buck belongs to who? And it's holy. Ten cents of this buck, when it came into my life, it's holy. And it goes back to the Lord. When? First. Not if I go spend it and happen to have 10 cents left. So if all I got the buck, what can I buy with a dollar in American society today? Nothing. Maybe a couple suckers. I don't know from Walmart. I don't know. Probably not even can do that. If, if, I, if I spend and if I just happen to have 10 cents left and give it, it's not my first, it's not my best, and I'm not being faithful to the increase. I failed the test. Right? So I will give... My first, I will give my best. That way God can bless the rest because the tithe is holy unto God. So faithful handling of worldly wealth begins with the tithe. That is the first step of good stewardship in your life. So we're to give it. So in our church, the way we do it is we bring, we're different than a lot of churches. Some churches pass the when I was a kid, they had, they had the wooden offering place with the, the uh, red velvet, so when you threw the coins in there, it didn't clink around and make a lot of noise. Can I tell you a side story real quick? It has nothing to do with this. I just thought about this. So a lot of you know when I grew up, we had a lot of, uh, of foster kids come into our home, and of course, they always went to church with us, right? So one day, they're taking communion, and we do a lot of putting the tables down front, but you know, old school, they passed it. So they're passing communion down the row. And so you got my three foster brothers sitting next to me. Passed it to, I think, maybe Aaron. And Ernie next to him bent over to tie his shoe. And Aaron's thinking, well, Ernie's not getting communion today. And went over top of him, and, and, and Ernie sat up. <laughs> this is why we don't pass communion in church. Because everybody within a 10, 15-foot radius got nailed with grape juice. It wasn't, it wasn't the, you know, it was grape juice everywhere. So anyway, so growing up, we, we passed the offering plate. Here at our church, we, we, we do the walk of faith. We put buckets down, we bring it down. So we give our first and our best. But if we don't give, well, the Scriptures have something to say about that. Matthew, or I'm sorry, Malachi chapter 3. We know this passage. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Thank you, EJ. Those, those guys back there do a great job, don't they? They never know where we're going to go, but they're fast. We appreciate you guys back there. So when we don't, we know we should, but when we don't, will a man rob God? 
yet you have robbed me. Now, is it possible to rob God? I mean, it's like Jack and a beanstalk. You, you grow the beanstalk to heaven, climb up there, and somehow get in a big safe of the heavens and rip God off. Well, obviously not, but we say, where and have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. So we know we should give our first and our best so God can bless the rest, but if we're not doing that, then we ultimately end up robbing God. That's not good. I, you see what I'm saying? It's just not a good idea to think you can rob God, but here's the thing. So I got my $1 allowance for taking out the trash. A buck's not much. Why does God care about that 10 cents? So let's say I go to the store to buy my, my Tootsie Pops, and they're, they're five for a dollar, normally 25 cents a piece. I'm going for the deal. I'm getting five. So I, and then my 10 cents went into a chunk of a Tootsie Pop. Not a big deal, right? But if there's increase into my life, then I just rob God. 10 cents isn't a big deal, but that 10 cents was holy unto the Lord. So I think it's a big deal. So we don't want to be in place where we're robbing God. We need to be faithful, the blessed have faithful in what God has given us. And it starts with the tithe. So if I want the increase of blessing in my life, then I have to be faithful with what God has given me, even if it's only a dollar. Right? If not, we run counter to what God desires in our life. So, here's some blessings of the tithe. Y'all take notes, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, here's, here's some blessings. I think I got five here. Write these down. Scribble them fast. First off, tithing provides for God's work through his church. So where does the tithe come to? Storehouse. Now, now here's, here's the thing. Let me answer a question. Some people are like, well, I really feel I'm supposed to give money to this. The Lord actually put it on my heart. So I'm going to give my tithe to that. No. That's called an offering. And, and, and you may think, unfortunately, but actually, fortunately for you, the Lord has asked you to give above and beyond your tithe. Where's the tithe come? Storehouse. For you, how many of y'all, this is your church? This is your storehouse. Now, if you feel led to give money somewhere else, rock on, go for it. I don't care what you do. But tithe comes to the storehouse. And in the storehouse of the tithe, then the work of the kingdom can be done. That's assuming the church is good with your tithe, and, and we are, so you're good. So tithing provides for God's work through his church. How many know the church needs to be about the business of the Lord? Amen. Tithing helps us do that. Second thing, tithing teaches me to put God first. Now, we know that this is one of the big temptations of life. We know that. If you can put God first in this, it's going to teach you to put God first in a lot of things. Am I right? Yeah. Because money, listen, Money's hard to give, especially when things aren't going the way you want them to go financially, right? So uh, 
when my wife and I were first married, just in, in following the will of God, I, I was youth pastoring at a church. Yeah, I worked there part-time. I was not making much money. And, and she actually had a, a good job working for the state of Pennsylvania handling insurance claims. So now I was getting paid okay, but our insurance was fabulous, right? But then, then um, I guess fortunately, Ryan came, my first son. And she felt the need not to work. So, so we lost not only her income, but then the insurance, you know how that goes. It starts, we had it for a little bit, but eventually it was going to end. And we're living on my part-time youth pastor salary. We weren't banking a lot of this. But you know what? When she stopped that job in order to, to have our son at home and care for him, you know the bills didn't change. It wasn't like society went, oh, we feel bad for you guys. We're going to lower this bill. We're going to stop this payment. You can start having this for free. And it just didn't work that way. So it's been very easy to say, look, we're like really tight this month. Actually, maybe a little behind. So maybe for the next two or three months, we're just going to allow God to bless us and keep the tithe. Because he understands, right? Because it's hard to give when things aren't way above board. But the best way you keep in the blessings of God is to keep doing what God has asked you to do because if you give your first and your best, then he will bless the rest. So I'm happy to say, even in our young age, maybe still growing in wisdom, we didn't stop tithing. You know what? We always had. Did we have the big giant house with the boat and the driveway and all these different cars? I don't have that stuff now. Did we care? No. Why? Because the blessings of God were, were with us. Right? Because we were being tested with the income of our life. What are you going to do? First and best or last and leftover? God always Provided. So it teaches you to put God first, even when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Amen. Here's the third thing. Tithing is a response to the goodness of God. Every time you tithe, you affirm in your life, God is good. And God is faithful. And God is just. And God will never leave us, nor he, will he forsake us. God is is good. It teaches us that. Next one, number four. Tithing is an act of worship. It is bringing what is holy back to a holy God. Is God holy? Did he call the tithe holy? Our response to God is an act of worship. Whenever we interact with the holiness of God, it's an act of worship. So every time you come down here, it's the walk of faith. But it's part of our worship. I love that it, things happen. We do offering right at the end of what we call our worship service. Because it's one and the same. We are worshiping God with our song and the actions of our body and, and our clapping and our singing and our shouting. And then we, we worship God with the bringing of our tithe. It's all the act of a community of believers together worshiping our good God. Amen. So it is an act of worship. Here's the last part of this. And, and tithing increases my faith in God. 
that our faith is, is strengthened. Our faith, and what is, what is faith? Faith is active belief, and, and it carries with it trust. Faith is active belief in who and God and what his word says, but it's also trust in God and what, what his word says. Right? That's what faith is. So faith grows and, and, and allows my active belief to remain strong, and it also strengthens my trust in God. So let's go back to Malachi chapter 3 and go to verse number 10 this time. Malachi 3.10. So bring you all the tithe into the storehouse, the church. Now here's provision. That there may be me in my house, provision. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Now, note on that. So, Increase comes, right? I tie it to the storehouse, right? Blessings come. So much that I can't contain it. If you can't contain it, what should you do? Oh, man. Build bigger barns so you can store all the stuff God's given you? No. Then when you're building bigger barns, the money starts to become this in your life. So I can't contain it so you can do something with it. Again, the the test of faithfulness. Will you be faithful in the little and what you have and what God has given you so he can increase, so so you can be trustworthy and actually have true riches, which is beyond this stuff. This is what God is after. So we give to God first. It requires faith to give first. If you give last, it doesn't require faith. It requires you just trying to work in your own wisdom how your finances can work. Giving to God first always requires faith last, no requirement of faith at all. So, Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. So honor, again, this is worship. Honor the Lord with thy substance. In other words, what you have. With the first fruits of all thy increase, what's coming in. So that thy barns will be filled with plenty, provision, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Amen. So we honor God with what we have in the increase. Provision will be always, not just provision, but it will burst forth with new things in such a way that you can take things to the world. That's what God does with you. Now, by the way, giving first is demonstrated very easily with Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8, hopefully the passage that most of you are familiar with, it says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. So, so before we were anything with him, in other words, separated from him, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus comes and gives his first and his best himself. It sets the mandate for how we live in response to him. I give my first and my best. I honor him and worship with what's coming into my life. So ultimately, the question always comes down to is, what do you trust the most? Back to that first thing. Will you love and trust money or will you love and trust God? 
What you trust dictates your life. What you trust is what you chase. What you trust is where you find your security. What you trust, where, where you find uh, your, your sense of identity. If you try to find it in money, you will find yourself lost and hopeless and not where you thought you'd be. But if you find these things in God, then, then what happens is the priority and way you live your life will fall into that trust. So then he can trust you with other things. Right? So it's kind of like this. How many of y'all got kids that you taught to drive? Anybody? Okay, a lot of you. So my last, my last just a couple years ago or a year and a half ago, she learned how to drive. And... Um, we got her a car so she wouldn't drive my car. You make sense? So I did not, so recently I got a new car. I got a Jeep. Do I trust my daughters? Yes. Does she drive it? Absolutely, positively. No. May not. We haven't reached that level of trust yet with her driving skill. You know what I'm saying? But see, when God can trust you, he give you the keys to the Jeep. Because you've been faithful with what you've had. Therefore, he can increase you with more. Because he knows that it won't get out of whack in your life and you'll become greedy and money will get out of place in your life, but, but it turns back into what you're going to do with it. You trust. So you trust God. He in turn trusts you and can do through, now for you, but listen, I want to just say for you, but through your life, what he wants to do. Sometimes we think about blessing, what God can do for me. Stop thinking that way. What God can do through you. And if you think the entirety of what God does is just for you, you missed the big picture. And you think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all those things, those aren't really about you, they're about other people. Yeah, you're changed, great, but, but how you treat people, that's what it's all about. So don't stop with what is for you, but what it does through you, and you only do through you, if you not only trust God, but then you understand where money has a spot in your life. And it's certainly not here, but it's, it's down here. Amen. So we are good stewards because we tithe. Tithe is 10% of our increase. Above that is our offering led by the Holy Spirit. But in these things, we are good stewards of what God has given us. How many desire to be a good steward? Let me see. Basic stuff today. Let's be people who tithe. Amen? Then the blessings of God can increase in your life. All right. So how about you stand up on your feet? I'm going to pray. We're going to close out, but don't go anywhere because we do have uh, the video this morning from Pastor. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have blessed us. We thank you that, um, well, you are just a good God, and we know that. And, and Lord, we thank you for your provision we thank you for what you have brought into our lives. But Lord, we are not people who, who put money first. We are not people who have fallen to greed, but we are people who receive but go out and give so your kingdom work can be done. And we, we want to participate, and we participate in your kingdom in so many ways, but one of the ways we do participate is what we do with our money. So Lord, if we're not that way, I pray you change our hearts. You teach us how to trust in you. Our faith grows in you so we can be people who are faithful with what comes into our life.
So we thank you today. Just, just for a moment, just thank him for what he's, he's brought to your life. Thank him for it. Thank you for all the things, your salvation, the forgiveness for his mercy, his, his, his patience. Thank him for the, the many blessings. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of that. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. all right, you can sit back down, let's just jump into this video. I'm just going to say, I think when the video is over, we are finished. Hi. Hey, uh, of course, you know I'm Pastor Dotek, and this is Pastor Nicole. His daughter. Yes. And, uh, I have some news. Uh, Monday, I was tested for COVID in order to have my surgery done on Tuesday. And uh, they informed me that I tested positive. Now, I had no symptoms and uh, I had fever and all that when I was uh, on my hunting trip and it broke. And so uh, I don't know why I don't have any symptoms, but I went again today to have another test to confirm if I have it. But for the safety of my family, Phyllis, and people around me, I have a, you know, quarantine myself. And uh, so Phyllis is getting a COVID test to find out if she's positive or negative. Mm -hmm. And uh, if she's positive, then I can go home and get the proper care that I'm not getting here. And uh, you did so, have graham crackers, yes. Us. Well, yes, but that you know, so <laughs> uh, so please just keep us up in prayer. We love you, and uh, you know, let's just keep on with the program that we've got, the system we've got in uh, motion, and continue to invite uh, people, continue to get saved every week, and uh, we want to keep adding to the church. And thank you for your faithfulness and your giving and your service to God. So, we will see you when we get out of quarantine. Okay? God bless, guys. Bye-bye. Hi there, Lord, Lord we, we lift up pastor right now. Let's just pray. We lift up pastor right now. This sickness just passes. It's done. It's over. Uh, for the family, anybody that was exposed, we just pray in Jesus' name. It has no hold. It's gone, and they're back ready to roll as soon as possible. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I talked to him last night. He's doing well, by the way. So we'll see you Wednesday night. Bring somebody with you. Be blessed as you go.